Welcome True Believers once again to the Marvel Cinecast. This week we are covering Thor The Dark World. Uh, joining me this week as always we have Scott. Hey everybody. And we have Tony. I am excited to talk about Thor 2 Electric Boogaloo. Let's get this going. Yes, so I am just <laughs> going to put this out there. You folks are carrying this conversation. I watch this movie and I have nothing to talk about. Like <laughs> this, this like, you know what to talk one, about. But so the, much happened. <laughs> well, so much is told to me that was supposed to be happening. I know there was some type of convergence going on and yeah. the ether or whatever. And <laughs> there was a lot of talking. The the rap song from Nas? I, 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 with the other films, like, I was, you know, like, it was like, okay, this didn't make sense, that didn't make sense. This film was pretty good at explaining everything. It didn't make it more exciting. And, like, there, there's, like, there's no major plot point that I had an issue with. There's nothing in the film that I gravitated towards. To me, it, there was nothing terribly wrong with this movie. There was nothing terribly great with this movie. It was there. I finished it, and I'm like, okay, I have no idea what I'm going to say. So, take it away, one of you. Yeah. Um, well, it certainly it, it certainly did a lot of things in the movie. You know, it, it mixed... I, I feel like it mixed action and comedy pretty well. Um, and there were definitely some emotional scenes in it. I think, just honestly, like, as I was watching this movie, I, I, I was like, you know, they should really just change the name to Loki, the, do- the Dark World, because it's like... Loki is the star of this movie, and I don't know if that's oh, just yeah, hands down. a credit to the actor, but he's just the only interesting character in the whole movie. So, um, I mean, I don't know how you guys felt about that, but I mean, every time he was on screen, I was interested and I was following along. But then once he left and it went to uh, the villain, uh, Malekith, it was like, I, I have no interest in this villain or his goals, which seem very just broad and, you know, much like most other villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's just I want to kill everything. Aha. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> I definitely agree with you saying that Loki definitely stole the show in this movie. the 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 rest of the time with the rest of the characters it doesn't seem like they're really interested in being there. It's kind of just blah. We're standard Asgardians who do standard Asgardian things. But right. Loki, Loki's the only one who I feel brought a performance and yeah. had emotions and reactions to things. Yeah, he's the only he's the only one who actually had like a a character development arc. Like you could see him going through various uh, emotions and 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 um, changing as a character. You know, over time, everybody else was just kind of very, just like almost wooden. You know, um, yeah. and I, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily the actors because these guys can't act. I think it might have just been maybe the writing. Um, but yeah, he was the only one that was really interesting. I was going to say, though, that is kind of undermined by the ending, which pretty much kind of dis not necessarily discredits, but it does do away with his entire arc in this film because it just puts right. him back to where he was at the end of Thor. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, I don't know if we want to get into spoilers just yet, but yeah, it certainly kind of undoes everything. Um, what was I going to say? I had something else in mind, but I totally just forgot about it. Oh, there were like there were a few scenes in the movie that were fun or interesting. Um, 
but that's what it felt that's what it felt like to me it was like just a whole lot of nothing with just little small scenes here and there that were like oh that was cool and then back to nothing you know like yeah. um there were some some action scenes that were pretty cool to watch like you got to see uh thor's mother have a fight scene and that was pretty neat um and yeah, I mean, I don't know. There, yeah, there's really not much to say about it. It's just more of. It's not even more of the same. It's just kind of there. Um, I think, my, my, you know, to which was I, I did enjoy the little walkway scene between Thor and Loki. Um, I think the Captain America cameo was the best part of this film for me. Which the best part? It, okay. It it was the part that I was most engaged by. <laughs> Like I said, I honestly don't have a lot to say about this movie. I, I would say this much. I don't know if I want to give the costume department credit, but whoever dresses Darcy so that they somehow magically hide her boobs has a hell of a job because she has a <laughs> enormous chest. And <laughs> the way they dress around it is just fascinating. That was my big <laughs> I didn't know that. That's- that's what we were focused on the whole time. Yes. I nice. mean, if you've if you ever seen Two Broke Girls, I'm sure they do more for it there. But she has an enormous chest. And they dress her in like a big coat, and then she has like a young scarf on to kind of hide all it is. Um, so, yeah, it's also kind of interesting that... I, I guess we kind of noted this with... Um, the Avengers, but it's been two years since Thor, the original one, and I find it, I thought it was funny that she's still an intern for her, who now has an intern, and hmm. yeah, um, I guess in the two years, I don't know, I, I, like I said, I was checked out, did they explain how Thor got back to Earth? Um, when, when, this which time, did, yeah, yeah, well, in this the time, Rainbow there, Bridge there was bad. like, no, 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 in this, Wait, okay, so are you talking about for the final battle when he got back to Earth? No, 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 the first time. Because the whole point of the end of Thor 1 was the Rainbow Bridge was destroyed and he had no way to get back to Earth, which they kind of negated with Avengers, but did they explain that here, or was it just like, oh, Jane's in trouble, let me get to Earth now? I think they There's a couple the of ways bridge. to get... Um, it, yeah. It looked like they it, did. Yeah. Yeah, they it's did. Like Heimdall was guarding they fixed it yeah, there's multiple ways to get to between worlds that they discuss in this film. They discuss the Rainbow Bridge, which is back up and running. Uh, they discuss um, the Tesseract as another method, which uh, Thor used at the end of the Avengers um, to get to Asgard and back. Uh, also, there are secret pathways that Loki knows about, which they use as well. And also, there's just dimensional rips occurring because of the, um, what do you call it, the convergence. Oh, yeah, I, I, I got that so basically. On. Anybody can get to any dimension at a whim. Yeah, but I don't... I, I, I it, Well, I guess because as far as I know, Thor just kind of shows up and he makes sure that Jane doesn't get wet. Take that as you will. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> um, uh, well, I think, I think at that time he used the Rainbow Bridge. Okay. I was just curious because they made... Because you can see the method. Like, you can see the... There, there are different special effects they use. Yeah, oh, and that's what I... That's what I thought, but I found it weird that, I mean, again, it's not, but, you know, that was the whole part of the end of Thor 1, is that the bridge is destroyed and there's no way for them to get back to Earth, which they had to get around with Avengers, and then they don't even really bring it up in this one. It's just like, he's back on Earth anyhow. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, they, I guess they repaired it in between that time. I mean, it was two uh, years, so it was. It was. I, I just found it funny. I could take, oh, this big cliffhanger, how he's going to get back to her, and it's like, oh, whatever. Right it now, there's like twenty ways to get back. No minor big inconvenience. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, anyways, I, I kind of got off on a tangent there, but um. So I guess you guys want to talk about uh, – I, I know the director for this. I think this might have been like his first big um, film that he's directed. He's done a ton of like television. He's worked on a few episodes of Game of Thrones and The Sopranos and uh, just a whole bunch of Sex in the City. <laughs> so he's done a bunch of television, but I think this was like his first major motion picture that he did. I, I know he's also working on the new Terminator movie right now. But – um. I mean, how do you feel that he did as a director in this film? Well, now that you say now that you say that that it's that he's done so much TV work, I can almost kind of see it. A lot of this plays like multiple episodes of the same TV show. You know, there's a lot of explaining stuff, and then there's some there's some short action stuff, and then a lot more explaining. I feel almost. Like it was a continuous episode of a TV show, the the way characters acted and all that, the way they were introduced, reintroduced. I don't know. That's just the vibe that I got, and now kind of makes some sense. Yeah, I um, I you know I I feel like when this movie first came out, people were were praising it a decent amount, um, saying that it was better than the first one. But I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily say that. I mean. The first one was certainly more, I, I guess I would say basic, but this one almost gets too convoluted. I, I understand what they're trying to do with having multiple worlds and things like that, but it just, uh, I, I don't know, I feel like it loses itself um, in that and kind of loses, in, you know, makes the, the viewer lose interest. Uh, so, I don't know. I really don't know what else to say about this movie. Yeah, it looked nice. Some of the some of the action scenes were really cool. The special effects were pretty cool. The, the The villains were just so basic. Like you've seen it a million times before. I felt like I was watching Star Trek. And it's like, oh, isn't this the same guy from the Star Trek movie that they did? It's, no, okay. I mean, because it's it's like it's the same, just bland villains in a ship that just wanted to kill everything, and that's it. I, I, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. No interest. <laughs> I, I, it's like I said. There's nothing hard. Like there's nothing like you can poke fun at with this film, and there's nothing I can champion really. Yeah. Um, it's there, and I mean, this is kind of early in the show, but I mean, personally, I wouldn't recommend it. There's nothing like too out there for it to be special. It's complete. It's probably one of the most unforgettable films. Well, most forgettable, I should say, films yeah. we've seen so far. Um, and I don't. I, 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 I don't know what to say, but I did have a talking point. I don't know if either of you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm not I caught up. Something. I got to the mid-season of two, and I've just well, been ignoring it for a while. Well, I mean, not necessarily you did. But, I mean, part of it was, this was, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that started in between Iron Man 3 and this film, and this was the first major tie-in with the TV show. Oh, right, so right. I was just, yeah. just kind of curious on your thoughts about... Because 
this, you know, this Iron Man does this and Thor does it differently. They do make a passing reference to the Avengers universe in the sense that, like, I think Darcy mentions that if, you know, if you call this in, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s going to be all over this face. And it's like, okay, that's why S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't get involved is because nobody's calling them. And the actual climax of the film only takes about 20 minutes or so, they say something like that. So it's not even like people had um, time to get into place. Most of this doesn't take place on Earth. But the right. S.H.I.E.L.D. episode deals with the cleanup in um, London after this movie. And I thought that was an interesting idea to follow up your film is to have people just kind of clean up after the heroes. Not like, well, I mean, there was some cleanup, but like, just kind of like assessing the damage and seeing if they left anything on Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, actually, remember, I actually I did like that. Episodes. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I do remember those episodes. That was very early on in the show. Um, but, I mean, speaking to the movie, I, I, man, I don't know. <laughs> this movie sucks. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, it's just, it has some moments that are cool. Like, I, I appreciated um, the moments with Loki where you got to see him be emotional and upset and things like that. And um, I appreciated what they tried to do with some of the, like, humor of... It's it's the same kind of jokes they pulled in the first movie where it's like this whole fish out of water thing where it's like, oh, check this out. Here's Thor, and now he has to take a subway train. Isn't this so funny? Yeah. I see. That was so weird to me because I, I got the idea, especially with the, like, the lady rubbing up on him. But at yeah. the same time, it was just kind of like this, you know, like you have this big, you know, this grandiose climax that's going on. It's for the fate that, you know, several realms. And you punch it up with this really random joke. About well, there was a, yeah, there was a bunch of random jokes in the middle of that climactic battle. Like oh yeah, um, like just stuff with like uh, Darcy kissing the uh, intern dude, and it's like okay, I guess. And that was supposed to be funny because then they get teleported, and I I don't know. It just felt so disjointed, and it just felt like a bunch of scenes thrown together with a loose story like it was just like we want to hit these marks and just stick them together somehow and yeah i just don't think they did it did it very well no i i think i think all three of us can agree that they that they didn't really make a cohesive and simultaneously interesting story with this right i mean i i mean like just thinking back on like the villain's motivation is, you know, I have to destroy everything that's been done before in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the only interesting character is really Loki because he's the only one who shows real emotion. Like, like even when even when Thor's mom dies, Thor and Loki's mother dies, Loki shows significantly more emotion about it than Thor. And she's right. not even Loki's real mother, and he knows that. They know that. Everyone knows that. Yeah, he's the one who's so distraught by it. Even Odin, like I don't even know, like how much he cares about what's going on. He, you know, and, and Thor touches on that a little bit, saying like, "Oh, you just, you know, like doing stuff that's not right." willing to sacrifice Asgardian lives to try to get the ether back. 
Well, I think, I think, you know, and it's a tough thing for Odin because he is, he is the defender of the nine realms and he's the king of Asgard. So his priorities aren't necessarily as personal as Thor's is. I think at some point they say, like, you know, um, father's not seeing Kyrie or something. And Thor's like, but Thor has a more personal stake in this. Like, I wonder, like, would he have been so eager to deal with this situation if it wasn't Jane Foster? I mean, granted, yes, we needed it to be Jane for the purpose of this film. But yes, if it was somebody else, would it have been a big deal? That's a good point. I think Thor might have just been more on his father's side with that. Yeah, because he, he does. I mean, the start of the film is kind of establishing that Thor is taking his role as a diplomat more seriously where he's defending out other realms, but his heart isn't in it. Like, he knows it's his job, his responsibility. But like, I think it's Lady Sif who's like, you know, you used to celebrate battles like this for a week on end, and now he's like, uh, whatever. Yeah, he's he's a real Debbie Downer at that party. Because his heart's already in it for Jane Foster, who I still don't believe I don't buy their relationship. No. <laughs> no. I, oh, did I, you, I don't. Did, did you notice the, uh, the It just seems so awkward at first. Uh, okay, you're both talking at the same time. Sorry. What happened? No, I was going to say, do you, do you remember, did you notice the scene where Thor and Jane are, like, standing on that balcony overlooking Asgard and they kiss and stuff? That's, like, the exact same scene from uh, from Star, uh, Star Wars, the uh, episode. <laughs> With you know one what I'm talking about? Where her and... Yeah, yeah, when her and Anakin are standing on the balcony thing, uh, looking the, overlooking like the sea and stuff, and then they have that romantic moment, and it's the same exact scene with the same exact actress, and it's just as terrible. It's the only scene she knows how to do. Yeah. Well, that's not true, but. No, that's true. Yeah, she's actually for the purposes a good actress. of she this. Just gets to put in these really terrible joke. Yeah. But um, I I don't know. I mean, I guess. This movie is, I mean, maybe rented if you just want kind of like a mindless action film and you're like a big Thor fan. But if not, there's no point. Like the the story doesn't. I mean, I guess you kind of get to see the Infinity Stone thing, and that's because the ether is is one of the stones. But other than that, there's no reason to watch it. It doesn't. It doesn't affect anything else in the universe. You don't even have to watch the movie. You don't even have to watch the movie to to get the fact that they're infinity stones. Like, I think that's the biggest like reveal in this movie. And you really only have to watch the end credit scene for that. When they said, yeah, this is an infinity stone. So is the Tesseract. And clearly we got the ether back. So, you know, we don't have to worry about watching the whole movie because we know what happens and the Tesseract's infinity zone. So I, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd recommend watching the end credit scene so you know that they're Infinity Stones. Which would be but, a bigger part of um, Guardians of the Galaxy. I yes. was going to say, I, I feel like, unlike Iron Man 3, I do see what would be important here, which is the end, which we mentioned before, which is Zoki's... Um, it's implied that he's killed Odin? I don't know what... Is it implied it's that he killed Odin? No, it's not implied at all. Like, what How do is you it implied? Because he takes over for him, so what do you think happened to Odin? Who knows? He could be anywhere. I mean, but but it's, not, it's, it's not no, implied I mean, that he kills him. No, it's not implied it's that, that he's he kills him, to be but, him. Yeah, but like, is he imprisoned somewhere? 
if he trapped. Like, I mean, yeah, he could just he'd be taking a nap. Well, he does do that a lot. An Odin <laughs> nap. <laughs> the Odin soup. Um, but yeah. he just had one two but years ago. I think the Odin yeah. soup is only supposed to happen every hundred years or so, isn't it? Or am I mistaken? Uh, it, well, I, I think it ha- I think in the the last film that they mentioned that it's happening sooner or something like that. So, I mean, he's certainly getting up there in age. So, <laughs> yeah, he's let's be film. honest. He he slept for like two days in the first movie. Maybe he didn't get the full Odin sleep. Maybe <laughs> maybe Loki put him into the Odin sleep for real this time. I don't, I don't know. The super okay. Odin sleep. Okay, so it's not necessarily in fact, but it is in fact something happens to Odin, and Loki and Loki now, is the cause. Yeah. Yes, and uh, I see. I don't even. I don't even buy that. I think it just implies that Loki is pretending to be Odin. Odin yes. can be anywhere. Yeah, but I assume that Odin did not just go up his crown so that Loki can sit there pretending to be him. So something has to have happened between the scene when Loki's like, oh. Um, you know, like he comes in disguise as a guard. Something happened to your son, and the end credits where it's like, oh, Loki is Odin now. So something no, maybe happened. maybe Loki maybe Loki tricked Odin to going somewhere to check on something, <laughs> and then what? That's I mean, <laughs> it's I I just don't buy that Loki can take out Odin so easily. Well, I don't I don't I, I don't necessarily know if he took him out easy that which is my point. Like it's just in fact that something has to have happened. Not that Odin just like, Oh, you know what, you're trustworthy, just hold on to my seat, I'll be back soon. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see in the next one. <laughs> well, I, I I know that Loki is making an appearance in the new the next Avengers movie, the upcoming one, in like a month. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, I know that um, from what they said when they announced Phase 3, it sounds like um, Thor 3 Ragnarok takes place very shortly after the Avengers. So I imagine that something with Odin Noki will be the catalyst for that in Avengers at some point, maybe even a post-credits stinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I got to say, though, like after watching this film, my excitement level for Ragnarok is not where it once was. Like after watching this, it's like, oh man, do I really want to see another one of these? I don't know. <laughs> oh, this—it's weird. This movie was so meh that it actually—I don't even have a ton, but it even made me uninterested in Aquaman because I mean, Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's pretty much the same set of like this very specialized city. You have two rivaling brothers. You know, you have Aquaman and Orm. Um, you know, rulers and all this other stuff. So I'm like, yeah, is this go? Is Aquaman going to be disbanded as well? Well, I don't know. I think with this film specifically, they they tried a lot of things that just didn't work. Like I was actually just scanning through. I found a bunch of like quotes from the movie. And like you just see all of these times where they tried to make it funny, and it's just not funny. Like, you know, when they're flying in the ship, uh, or when 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 uh, when Thor is is piloting this alien spacecraft that, by the way, completely not aerodynamic at all, like or well balanced, so it should not fly, but it is. And then, uh, you know, Loki was just throwing out puns and stuff, and you know, like because Thor was knocking down these pillars, and he's like, "Oh, you missed one," and then, you know, you just Thor's like, "Hey, grandfather." Yeah, you just beheaded our grandfather, and Thor's like, hey, of the two of us, which one can actually fly? And it's like, is that supposed to be funny? I don't, that's not very, it seems, it's just so out of place, and it's 
I don't know. I, I, yeah, just because, like, even if he had, like, wings or something, that doesn't mean he know how to pilot a Well, I, I mean, I think that's... I think that's supposed they to be did the it. show. Yeah, they but. did it so many times, like just just various times in the film where they would try to say jokes, you know, that just weren't funny. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't like the thing with uh, with Meow Meow, you know, when when they all like appear, they're like, oh, oh hey, yeah. Jane, you know, Darcy, hey, Meow Meow. It's like, oh god, enough with the I, Meow I, Meow. I actually thought that was kind of a funny running joke with her, where she couldn't say man there. Um, I don't. I, I I don't know. I think it's old. I, I think it's okay. We got it. It was funny the first couple times. Let it go. Yeah, yeah. Maybe because yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. Well, like I, I'll admit, but, some some of these things, what they said were funny, like in a way. But I I, I it holds no. I, I I don't know what I'm trying. To, I I don't know. They just weren't that interesting. Like there's so many things that they could have done instead of those jokes, like those little quippy things, and instead they went for these. And I don't know. You could have had something else more interesting, except no more yeah. exposition it, in those spots. We had enough of that. Yeah. To to me, it feels almost like the writer was trying to write like Joss Whedon, but he isn't Joss Whedon, so he couldn't quite pull it off. That's what it feels like to me. But well, I, 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 I do mm-hmm. think it's one of the early, well, one of the big cases of, because you, you kind of mentioned the director before, but there were several directors attached to this film before the one that eventually got it, got it. And it seems like there's a lot of, there was a lot of kind of like, this is our vision for this movie, and we're just going to get somebody to do it. Because they have a formula. I mean, we've said this before. It's the Iron Man formula, and that works for Iron Man, because Robert Downey Jr. can put it off well. I think Captain America, as we'll find out next week, works well, because they're giving people to play off of. And people like um, Black Widow and Falcon are able to play the kind of goofy sidekicks to his straight man. Where Thor doesn't really have anybody to play off of, and Jane Foster isn't that interesting. So you have, like you said, you have Darcy, who's the comic relief, but she's bouncing off of nobody. It's just her talking to herself. It's like the quip machine. The quip machine. The quip machine. Yeah. You know what's funny is, um, well, not funny, but the uh, the writer uh, of this movie is also writing Thor Ragnarok. So, so there you go. Look forward to more of the same. Oh, goody. Yeah. Oh. Um, so, I mean, if there's anything else you folks want to talk about, we might have a short week this week. Yeah, right. Um, well, I can't wait for the Avengers or anything other than this movie. <laughs> well, next so, week, next week's Winter Soldier, so we can watch that. Yes, yeah, I got, I got to say thus far, this is, uh, you know, of the, um, of the films we've reviewed, this is probably my least favorite, which is saying a lot considering we also reviewed, the Incredible Hulk, but this one. Just, yeah, that's actually that's actually saying quite a bit. It just it just missed to me, for me. It missed on almost everything it tried to do outside of oh, some of the stuff with Loki. But even some of the things with Loki were kind of like, eh, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, just, just yeah, I, missed this one. I I have to agree with you. I mean, like the, it's not that there's 
that this movie is some gigantic flop and I don't want to get that. I don't want to like convey that point to other people. It's not, it's just, it's nowhere near a hit and it, it just doesn't fill any great burning need. And like even to an extent, Iron Man three filled this need that people had of another Iron Man movie, another movie after the Avengers, and Thor: The Dark World just it didn't do anything. It's like you you can watch the rest of the movies, you can watch the Avengers, Iron Man three, and then Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and you can just skip this movie and watch the end credit scene, and then you know what happened. You know, the, yeah. nothing serious happened in it. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> I I don't I don't think it's the worst of the films we've seen. I think it is the one that I and this was the same reaction I had when I first watched it. It's the one that does not absolutely nothing for me. Like, like I said, there's nothing terrible about this film. Like I think there's worse. I think there's worse uh, cases of things that happen in Iron Man two and Iron Man three than this, and even Thor one I find to be a yes interesting, but this one is like utterly bland. It's like two hours, or I guess if you want to be Tony, it's like an hour and 50 minutes, so he doesn't have to get up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, hour uh, and 51, I believe. Sorry, if I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an hour and 51 minutes of nothing going on. Half The first half of the movie is them literally just kind of telling us everything to set it up. Like We mentioned with Iron Man 3, it started with a narration. This one also starts with a narration from Odin explaining what the hell the next hour and 51 minutes is going to be about with this magical MacGuffin, which turns out to be an Infinity Stone. Magical this, MacGuffin, I like it. <laughs> which, which at this point, I think the Infinity Stones are magical MacGuffins. I mean, they don't do anything in these films yet. Like, we know as fans what the Infinity Stones are, but for the most part, it's like this, they, it's always this magical source of power that everybody's chasing that nobody knows how to control, but we meet, mm-hmm. need to make sure it doesn't get into the wrong hands. And, like, it's, you know, like, it's so dangerous at the end of this film that they have to separate it. They don't want to keep the Tesseract on Asgard along with the um, ether. So they, I mean, part of it is they also have to bring it in for Guardians of the Galaxy. But, yes, it's, um, it, that's also another thing that I don't necessarily get, and we'll get to that with Guardians. But the way they set up this thing right at the end made it seem like the character was very evil. That's one down. And that doesn't really pay off in Guardians. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's well, certainly not. Yeah, he's not evil. like an evil guy. He's not a nice guy, though. No, he's not a nice guy, but he doesn't seem to have any type of ulterior motive for collecting them. As far as by the end of Guardians he's, go, he just really wants yeah. everything in the universe to be his. I mean, I guess that's what you ha- what happens when you name yourself the collector. Yeah. <laughs> and then the post post credit sequence is just basically Jane and Thor making out. Yeah. And that weird monster thing that got through the the convergence trying to chase some birds or something. That was Yeah, that weird. nobody's concerned about. It's like there's a giant monster that's can <laughs> kill people easily and everybody's like, Well, just let him have fun with the birds. Kind of avoid that part yeah. of town from now on. That that part of town is his now, we don't go there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, I think that about sums it up. Thor: Dark World. Skip it. <laughs> um, okay. 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 Unless okay. you're a huge Thor fan, 
I guess. There, There is one thing I want to discuss, and I think this is the one. I mentioned last week with um, Iron Man 3 about the Mandarin reveal, and a lot of fans did not take kindly to that. So mm-hmm. with the Thor The Dark World home release, the Blu-ray, they included a one-shot called All Hail the King, which would reveal that there's an actual Mandarin who wasn't too happy with Ben Kingsley's performance in Iron Man 3. Have either one of you checked that out? I did. No, I did not know about that. Yeah, we haven't talked about Surprisingly them. Surprisingly enough, I don't own the Blu-ray of Thor The Dark World. Uh, I was about to say, we haven't talked about it out of them because for the most part, they have been standalone. Like we mentioned the consultant, which was the one that kind of negated um, the Incredible Hulk's ending. Everything else has kind of been one shot, so not anything you needed to know. But this one does. I mean, I assume, it, I, like you said, you haven't seen it. So that's always been my thinking. Like these one shots are just things for fans and nobody else. Because like the Agent Carter one shot, which was on the previous one on Iron Man 3, was the basis for the TV show. But when the TV show came out, the, like, the one shot no longer really counts because that just defeats the purpose of trying to get the story to its position. And it didn't make sense in the eight episodes they did. So this is kind of uh, the other thing where it's implied that it's for fans because it's like, oh, look, there's a real Mandarin in this world. But as we know, there's not even an Iron Man film in the next phase, so it's not a big deal. It's just like, oh, look, there's an actual Mandarin. I also think it implies that Justin Hammer is bisexual or has some type of prison relationship in... Um, yeah, it, imp- well, it shows that um, he goes to prison as does Ultra Killian. Well, no, Ultra Killian died. Whatever. It's there if you want to check it out. It's, it's, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, the, there's a real Mandarin out there. There's nothing really special about these. Yeah, and I, I like the the one shot was was interesting, kind of funny too. Some some parts of it that happened, and I don't know, I if if you want to be, you know, assured that that's not the real Mandarin in Iron Man three, and then you should watch it. Just you know. Like Earl said, nothing's probably going to become of it because there's not an Iron Man 4 in the works at all right now. Like in Phase 3 or down the even down the line, we, we got nothing about it. But uh, just, just be assured that there's a real Mandarin. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, a big, a big meh for Thor the Dark World. Yes. So yeah, much. definitely. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like we've, we've kind of steamrolled these films, so we'll be back next week with a film I imagine will have a lot of great things to say. Um, definitely. With Captain America to Winter Soldier. So, for Tony, Scott, and myself, this has been the Marvel Cinecast for Thor The Dark World.